Breaking. 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 The imposter. The imposter. Imposter. Breaking. The imposter. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Imposter. I'm your host, Jermaine, and I'm excited to introduce you guys to my guest today, Tian Shi. I recently met Tian Shi on a panel talking about going and shifting into your career into UX, but as well as being a product designer, he is a baller, and I don't mean like blazing out of monies like Elon Musk. I mean, basketball for all of you basketball fans out there. Maybe he's balling out of control in that way too, but we don't know, right? And he's also an avid gym goer, really crucial, especially during these times in COVID. Staying, keeping up his health is always good. And he's also an aspiring entrepreneur. So look out for his product, look at what he does. So I just tried to give you a brief introduction, but can you just like tell us a little bit more about your stuff, Tian? Well, you basically said it, you know, like I, I'm pretty, pretty into health. I'm a product designer right now at, at this company here. And it's, it's, it's kind of a mid-sized startup in the, in the wealth tech space. You know, my free time, I, as I said, like, you know, I like to, to play basketball. I should do a bit of music as well. Um, yeah, always looking for different ways to kind of, um, I guess, you know, like business opportunities or things I can create or make something, you know, kind of innovating and doing things like that. So that always kind of really... Uh, you know, something I'm interested in, right? But yeah, thanks for that cool intro. <laughs> no worries. It sounds like you spend a lot of your time using your left brain and your right brain as you do, as you try and find things to do and keep yourself active. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You mentioned you're, you are a product designer. We mm -hmm. talked about that just briefly. So yeah. tell me, like, how did you start on going into the realm of product design? Yeah, great question. So I, I've always kind of wanted to get into tech. Actually, at a very young age, funny you mentioned the right brain, left brain. I was very, I was definitely more right brain. Like I, I was always excelling in arts, like music and design and, and things like that, even like at a young age. But I never thought those career paths were realistic. Like my parents never wanted me to go to music or never wanted me to go into the arts. So it wasn't something that I ever pursued. I kind of went into like business school, you know, did that traditional route. But it wasn't until later on I realized it wasn't a good fit for my personality and I needed something that could be more, I guess, you know, more creative in that sense. So, yeah, so that's, you know, over many, many years, I kind of realized, OK, this is, you know, what's the opportunity out there? What kind of, you know, what kind of things can I pivot into? And and it just happened that, you know, UX design was something that was, you know, getting much more attention and there was a lot more demand. and. So I finally kind of made that pivot this year in 20, 2021. Yeah, 2021. It's it's interesting to see that you went through the journey within one field, yeah. but then you notice might be something a little bit better and kind of get me back into tech. Could yeah. you explain to me and like help us understand a little bit on what that actual moment looked like for you where it wasn't just thinking purely about business, but you're like, okay, this is something where seems like a pivot needs to be done. Yeah, I think there was this video on YouTube by Chris Stowe from the future. I think I'm sure you know. Um, he talked about this concept, Ikigai. It's like this Japanese philosophy that whatever you pursue or whatever it is that you want to do, um, it has to fit like these three criteria, or I think four. I think one is like you're good at it, you like it, you're interested in it. Uh, there's like demand for it in the world, like the world needs it. And I think. Yeah, I think that was about some some so along the lines of like you're good at it. Not only are you do you like it, but you're actually good at it, competent, and the world needs it. So so that kind of like, you know, it's got it's got to hit all those criteria. 
And I think in the past I've done things where it's like, okay, maybe there's a demand for it, but I didn't like it, but maybe I was good at it. So I thought kind of this was something that's like, okay, it checks all the boxes. Like there's demand for it. You know, I'd be good at it. I'm also interested into it. So that's kind of when I realized, okay, I got to make that pivot now because like that is something that actually makes made sense. Right. And then I, then COVID hit. So it was like the perfect opportunity. So, yeah. You like it, you're competent in it and the world needs it. Yeah. It's kind of like the trifecta that, that you were looking for. Which one of those did you, did you find missing for yourself? Why UX like kind of helped to fill that void, especially when you're coming from business, what did that help satisfy? And you realize that I need this piece as well. I think I was missing the, I was missing that whole, like being naturally good at it. I guess both those, yeah, being good at it and also liking it. Like there were jobs that weren't in the past I've done, you know, that I wasn't that good at it, but I got better at it and eventually became great at it. But it wasn't something that I naturally had to knack for. So I think those were like that creative aspect and, and, and wanting to make things definitely wasn't there. I didn't have that kind of, you know, authority or whatnot. So yeah, I think that's, that's, those were the kind of things that were kind of missing my old previous jobs and whatnot. Awesome. So the creative part of it was not being utilized as max potential in the other mm -hmm. things that you were doing. Exactly. And you mentioned that you had a few different things. Did you find like basketball and music were those areas that you found that you were able to use a bit more of your creativity? Um, it's interesting. No, basketball definitely is not creativity, but basketball taught me like, just, I don't know, to like get better at something. You just, you know, like how to get better or something, right? Like figure out what your weak points are and then working on those, right? On, on those off, off, um, you know, when you're on a game kind of thing, right? Like just when you're by yourself doing some drills. So basketball is just more to teach me about life and, and how to get better at something. Right. Uh, but music definitely for sure. It was definitely creative outlet. Like I do music and I'm a drummer and I sing and all that stuff. Um, I even actually lived in LA for, for half a year to kind of like scope out the music industry there, which is really cool experience. But, uh, so yeah, like, um, definitely being able to like have that, a, a creative, um, outlet to, to create things and make things better. And, you know, I, I come from a sales background, so, you know, psychology and people behavior, all that stuff really kind of intertwined into the, into UX as well, cause that you needed to be like empathetic and and understand like the end user. So I thought that was just a great mix of like my background as well. Got it. And I think you touched up on it briefly where it helped cool. you get the trifecta. It helped you yeah. to really bring out that creative side in a place where you have competency and you're able to show it in the work that you're doing regularly. But yeah, aside from all of that, like why, why mm -hmm. product design? Like why, why even choose this? Why under other things that could have fit though it matched you well, why did you decide that product design was appropriate for you? Well, I was really like, I, the way I saw it was I was just good at two things, like, like it's exceptionally well at two things when I was in high school. Uh, one was music. The other was design and music. I've, I've tested, I've tried out. It just didn't, it was just, it was very, it just wasn't my thing in, in the sense that it was very hard to break into the industry. It's, a, it's not, it's not, it's like I were, I entered at a studio when I was in LA. I got to meet, you know, artists and songwriters and, and, and I saw the grind. I saw them being up at the studio, like 3 a.m. in the morning and that kind of lifestyle, it just wasn't for me. So the other logical thing was, was like pursue design and see what, where that would, you know, take me. 
Awesome. And you went to specifically product design, not like industrial design or what I've seen or things like that. So what brought you into product specifically, like laser focusing in on that more so? I think I think I just didn't want to go back and do like another degree in something I didn't really know much about, like industrial design sounded cool. Um, I know there are people that have done like, you know, any design, like even architecture, that's considered design, interior design, design. But I don't interact with those things on a daily basis, but I do interact with like my computer and my phone. So like those kind of things, I feel like was just the future. Um, it, it, everything's digital. You know, even your TV is a smart TV now and you can like. You know, someone needs to design the interface for that. And I just felt like it was much needed everywhere, really. So and also, of course, you, you always hear like the growing demands of it. And so, yeah, like very practical things, I guess, those kind of things that that made me realize, OK, maybe I should do that. Yeah, and it's something that I guess, well, I'm working in product design and for just based mm-hmm. on your answer, I'm seeing it as something that you ha- have more influence on people at a larger scale. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You do industrial design, you're only able to interact with that at the limitation that you're in a specific location to access it, like say a chair or you say things like that. But if you have a device, it opens up that world of making better experiences on a higher scale than than what you were thinking. Yeah. And it's also like sometimes, you know, we've all used like softwares or websites are just so clumsy and you're like, how in the world, like how in the world, right? Like did this get made? And just, uh, you know, growing up, like everyone used the computer and everyone used their cell phones and and and, and whatnot. So like, I think just because, because you have all those experiences, you're like, okay, I know how to make these things better. You know, uh, I, I, and, and I can, because in this world, you actually are doing that, right? So it's kind of, it's pretty cool. It's kind of pretty empowering to, to know that you can like make a difference that way. Awesome. For the sake of people that don't know, could you just give us a description or help us understand what exactly product design means? I'm figuring that out myself. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty new to the role, uh, but, but for me, really product design or UX design and, and whatnot is really, to me, it's like creating an experience where you know ahead of time what this, you know, this person that's using this product is needs to do. And, and you're designing that whole flow and that whole interaction with it to make it delightful, to make it simple, make it straight, you know, uh, easy to learn. Um, and how do you make that best possible? Right. So to me, that's what it means. Like it's design. You're like, not just making art or you're not making something look nice and pretty. It's like, how do you do that? But also make it very functional and very easy. And, and there's just no doubt. It's very clear. Like these, this is what you need to do. This is how you do it to get that thing done. Right. Uh, that's how I see it. I can see how it works with your mentality that you meant that you said before, where you're very pragmatic about things. So it's like taking, taking solutions and making them easy for people to pick up and help solve their problems as possible. Is is that fair to say a philosophy that you have as you're creating things? I think that's, yeah, I I didn't even know myself until you you said (laughs) that. Yeah, I think I definitely think so. I like to make things more simple and, and easy and straightforward. For those skills that you've that you learned and you picked up within design, I know there's a lot of hard skills that are involved in that. But as you're learning, as you're growing, like what are you seeing as important soft skills that you had to develop as you were learning these skills and growing as a product designer? Um, I think one thing was probably like being able to actively listen or practice that more on a on a daily basis. Uh, I I'm obviously in meetings with the dev teams and and people that are just 
completely different world from from what I understand and and be able to just kind of dissect and be patient and learn about kind of hear them out and see what their angle is on things because you're only seeing it from one point of view and they're dealing with something that you know I, I personally don't know too much about so um yeah like not everything they say makes sense to me but at least I'm getting the gist of like okay oh so these are there's these these are these constraints and there's these things that I have to think about and 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 uh yeah, so I think that's something that I've had to learn on the job for sure. Like that's like a soft skill. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you say that like sometimes they don't make sense. Mm -hmm. And I know when you're speaking, trying to speak somebody else's language, it's yeah. also, it's sometimes lost in that translation to make sure both parties understand. So how do you solve for that problem when it happens where there's a misunderstanding with devs? I try to do anything possible to make sure that my communication is clear, whether it be, hey, let me just share my screen and show you exactly what I'm talking about. Or if I don't understand them, I get them to, I just tell them that I don't understand and get them to like dumb it down or get them to like show me, right? Or like anything to break down jargon, mm -hmm. right? Like in, I'm in the financial field. So you'll know in the financial field, there's just so much jargon, right? Um, and, and that is what I find makes it hard for people to comprehend certain things. So, you know, it's like, speak to me like I'm a five-year-old kid, please. Like, you know, use a simple language so I can understand exactly what you're, you're talking to me about. And same thing, when I talk to them, I, I don't try to sound all like sophisticated. I try to be as direct and, and straightforward and simple as possible. Understood. And I think that's super important for our communication skills to be mm -hmm. meeting them at a level that is easy to understand. And with that, I know that there's complications of not sounding expert enough. Like I'm thinking like, oh, if you dumb it down too much, it sounds right, like right, it's right, not right, expert. Right. And even when you're asking people to, you're asking people to, hey, can you engage with me a little bit? Like just lower the level of sophistication so I understand. Like yeah, how do you, right, 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 how do you right. deal with that? Like how do you measure that or have those conversations where it doesn't feel like it's like, oh, dumbing it down for me is more like, hey, can you just reiterate it so we could have a shared understanding? Like, how do you navigate that? Hey, man, I, <laughs> I just, I, I, I guess I'm not afraid to look. I'm not afraid to tell people I don't understand something. I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm fairly. I think what's more important is that the communication's there, than than the means, right? Like, it's just however way that we can be on the same page and whatever way I need to, to get us to be on the same page. I think that being on the same page is more important than how, you know, if that answers, answers your question, I don't, I don't know. It's yeah. I think, I think like one thing that came to my mind as you were saying that is you build the credibility by making sure you're on the same page or you're on, you're both have a similar understanding to something. Yeah. Like, like I think my, my work speaks for itself. So it's not like I'm incompetent, but 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 we are, especially in 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 that like that role where you're talking to a, de a developer or talking to a data scientist, and they're all talking their different language. I just think like you know keeping it simple and keeping it easy to understand is just kind of important, right? Because I come from a business background, and you know I can talk about I can throw accounting terms and finance terms and all this stuff, right? Strategy, like they, they, I know they won't understand it, right? Like they even study the BCG matrix or whatever. Like it it doesn't help anyone when you try to you're hindering communication by making, putting up that wall up, right? That's that's kind of how I see things. And also I'm 
in sales, the same thing. You know, when I used to talk about technical things with customers and they just get bored and they start yawning, right? They don't care. So I, I think I learned from my experiences that communication is about being this, if they don't understand you, then they're not communicating. There's no communication. There's a barrier to communication, right? So that's that's how, how I've always uh, looked at it. Yeah, definitely makes a lot of sense where in the attempt to sound like you know exactly what you're doing, you can possibly lose people so that you could actually work together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's that's like a really good concept to move forward with. Because I know I'm guilty of it. Sometimes you want to just say like, yeah, we're doing this practice right now. And it's like, I have, I, do you know what he's talking about? I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> and you want to avoid it yeah. to be... Don't worry. I'll tell you the UX things. You're going to nod your head and be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then you're going to, yeah. nobody knows exactly what I'm doing, but they expect me to do it. Just make it very clear of this is what we're trying to accomplish based on all of our goals. Yeah. This is how you do it. Yeah. And, it, and the thing is like, I remember, um, so one of my, my, my ex-girlfriend, she used to, she works at the bank. She's, she's a, an accountant, you know, pretty, pretty high up in the bank. And she used to tell me she was on a call and they, and then she was, she was on a new team and they were using this term. It was like, whatever, FLV or whatever. Like I, she didn't know what it was, but this whole call, she didn't want to sound stupid. So she just didn't say anything that didn't help her. Right. And then, and then, and so eventually I'm like, you have to ask them what that means. You're not, you know, you're, you're not understanding what the whole meeting's about. If you don't understand what this FL, whatever term it means. Right. So she finally asked. And, and finally, it's like, oh, they, they explained to her what it meant. And they, were, they apologized, saying, yeah, we throw a lot of jargons around. And, you know, we just expected people to understand. But, you know, she's new on the team. She didn't really understand. But, you know, saying like that, how there's such a break in communication. And the fact that she was kind of like, I didn't want to look dumb. I didn't want to ask. It just creates more problems, right? So, yeah, that, that's just a good example for, you know. 100%. And it's, it sounds like, it sounds like as well as you are, trying to bring the conversation together you are also looking to by being brave enough to say hey i don't understand you're helping to break people's patterns of bad communication because you could be actively listening all you want and i know we started there as a soft skill that you that you said you had to work on you could be listening you'd be like okay 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 all right i don't understand that and now 30 percent of the whatever you're going to say next is based off of that you lost me i i I heard everything else but i don't know how it relates to anything because that one little piece (laughs) yeah context matters right context 100 percent. looking from not just the perspective of your career and what you do, but more so to your personal brand, like who you are. Uh, how would you identify your brand today? I think my brand is that I'm always learning and growing. I do, or I have been in, you know, that kind of like personal development, self-development. I had a mentor when I was early on, when I was in business school, who taught me the importance of like reading a book. Like I never used to read. I hate reading. I, I mean, not not that I read so much nowadays, but I still, I remember like learning that from him. Like, hey, if I want to improve or I want to get better at something, I should be, I, I need to grow. I need to learn. I need to change. I need to unlearn old things and, and in order to grow in new areas, right? So I think if I had to have a brand, I think that's what my brand would be, like constantly just growing. And hey, man, like maybe I'm a shit basketball player today, but give me two years, you know, because because I'll work at it and I'll get better, right? Um, so that's kind of my philosophy. 
I'm not perfect. I can, I'm not fixed. Yeah. I can grow. I can get better. Are you like gonna go league in those two years? That's what that's what you're telling me. We're gonna see you all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you a Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's and it sounds it's like very important where your brand is that. And do you think the people that you interact with and the people that you work with, that's a brand that's communicated with them that you think that they understand that that's kind of where your brand is? No, I, it's, it's more of a personal brand. Like I don't, I don't go around sharing this to people, I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe, sorry, maybe I misunderstood the question, but like, that's my personal philosophy or like, that's what I would think my brand would be. Okay. Yeah. Do you need me on a personal level? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I always find, I always find it interesting how we would develop our own brand. Just like, just like even a corporate a corporation, right? Where we'd have yeah, one yeah. way of being like, this is our brand. This is the things that we stand for. But then. Yeah, yeah, the outside yeah, yeah. perception is can be aligned with that, or it could be like completely out of left field and be like, "Wait, wait, that's not that's not what it said in the <laughs> in the commercial." No, you're you're misunderstanding yeah. it. I just like am really interested on that brand that you have of learning and growing. Are people also like seeing like coming and be like, "Yo, yeah, Tian, he like always has a book in his hand. He always is reading. He's always like staying late." It's like that's something that's communicated to people around you that they see and that you've noticed that they've seen. Well, the company I work for right now, they're actually a lot of uh, they, they're very they're like they're one of their corporate, I guess, values is actually like developing and learning and growing because they're, they're a lot. There's a lot of like mathematicians and statisticians and whatever. Like there's all these very, very smart people that work in this firm. So I think I think that is probably one of the company's value, which is great. But like like but in the past, I remember like when I was in sales, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure people definitely had a glimpse of that. Like, I remember there was one time I told them, "Hey, I'm I need, I'm going to this conference or whatever." And they're like, "What conference?" I'm like, "There's a Tony Robbins conference I'm going to." And they just like kind of like whatever laughed at me or whatever as a joke. But like after a few months or whatnot, like they started seeing like my results go up. And then I remember very clearly one of my like really good friend at the time, like he he you know he would he would joke about it. But remember, remember he told me, he's like, yeah, but after when he came back and he started like putting numbers up on the board, he's like, I, I had to go check it out. I, I didn't know what it was. Right? So I, I definitely think like we as people can always grow. Um, and, and and we if we don't grow, we actually don't become that happy. So always being to progress forward is, is, is just a, an, an important thing, I think. Yeah, and shout out to Tony Robbins. We're not sponsored by him in this street. No, in this episode, <laughs> I, I also participated in like his mentor and coaching and things like that. And I think it's, cool. I think it is super important that we do have that mindset of okay, how can we get better? How do we improve on ourselves? Where am I having pitfalls so that other people see that? Especially if we're starting in a new career and like career change. I'm just like really curious. How has that, because yeah. you said that you've only been do, doing UX for a year, and this is one of your yeah. early roles within it. Like, how do you think that mentality has helped you within your current path? Yeah, great question. So taking this role, I knew from the get-go, this is going to be a very stressful role because the way that I was set up, that I was the only designer, and uh, I knew that there were things that I probably don't have experience in that I would definitely be learning on the job that I ought to figure out. Uh, and because I was the solely the only designer, it would put a lot more pressure than norm, like the normal job would have, right? Because usually you have like a senior designer or whatever, and and you know they'll be guiding you and and whatnot. But this I had no I had zero guidance, so I knew going in that was going to be pretty uh, hectic. So, but I knew that also on the flip side is that in in that one year's time, I probably learned so much because I'm going through you know 
so much, right? And uh, yeah, so I, I knew what I was getting myself into, but I thought it was the right opportunity just because I'll probably learn so much and I'll gain so much from the opportunity that it was probably going to be worth it, you know? Awesome. So it's like putting in yeah. yourself deliberately in that un uncomfortable situation because you know your mindset will carry you through the hard times because you're always you're ready to grow and learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. You know, and the worst, what's the worst that can happen, right? The worst is I start back at square one, which is fine. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, there's really nothing to lose, right? And everything to gain, nothing to lose. That's how I see it. How did you put yourself? Just learn. Sorry. You're saying the last thing? No, I said it's just learning. Like it, it all, if, it's, if it fails, then you, you learn from it. Got it. And I was just like curious of how mm -hmm. you put yourself in that mentality of it's okay for me to go back to square one. Because like as you find something that you really love, as you, mm -hmm. as you want to really excel in this thing that you finally found your trifecta, how did you still yeah. make yourself open to the fact of I may fail? And that's okay. I'm yeah. still, I'm gonna still take on this mass challenge. Like at some point, you, you, you know, you know, like you know. I mean, we went to GA, so we have some kind of skill set, and 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 at some point, you have to also believe a little bit in yourself that you know you have some kind of value, and and that we're not back to kind of the point like we're not fixed, right? Like if there's some kind of challenges, you you will, you're either gonna overcome it or you're not. But regardless, like it's it's. Uh, you, when you put yourself in the, in those situations, you just I think naturally you absorb the environment. You, you'll learn things right in the, in that kind of environment, and and like just I don't I, yeah I I don't really know how to explain it that well. I just I just think that you just gotta have some kind of belief that you know you will see it through, mm -hmm. right? If that if that answers your question. Sorry. No, man. it's <laughs> it's it's perfectly fine. It's like a question that I think is harder for us to to answer a lot of the time. What I understood mm -hmm. from what you were saying is along the lines of at some point, you just have to put yourself through it so that you know yeah. you can do it or not. So worrying about, oh, am I ready or do I need to do this or get comfortable? It's, there's going to be a certain limit to that where you just have to be like, all right, now right. that I'm in it. I'm going to probably find out that I'm actually able to learn from it. I'm actually able to grow from it. Yeah, it's not yeah, so yeah. much like I yeah. have to start from the beginning, but yeah, I just have to do <laughs> at a certain point. It's just, just do and trust yeah, that yeah. you're able to do yeah. and learn. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. Cause I remember before signing or before getting this role, I, I remember I was pretty freaked out, right? Like, I'm like, okay, I don't know if I can do this. It's just going to be too much. And had I listened to my own kind of like, kind of talk like if i had listened to that i might have just declined it right I remember, I remember that moment very clearly like but it was because i had you know like people from ga and, and they were saying you know if, if you're just scared that you can't do it then at some point you have to overcome it anyways right and uh i was like hey that's that's right you're right <laughs> so here we go let's just let's just go let's go for it right um yeah, it was, it was, it was, that was definitely, definitely scary. I, I, I remember the, the first, uh, before signing it, I, it was definitely very scary. Yeah, I was definitely there where you're trying to align. Have I gained enough skills to take on this load? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and exactly. It's not always an easy question to answer and there's probably no way to answer it until you're in yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I've, I've, I have a lot of uh, my, my cohorts and my friends and like, they definitely know that they did not want to be in my position where like they're the only designer. So 
I mean, it's good for them. They stuck with that. And now there are roles where there's a senior designer and there's, you know, people that can actually kind of mentor them through it and guide them, you know, which, which is, which is great. Right. Like, I, I don't think there's, there's any one, one way to go about it. Yeah. It's like, it's not the right way or the wrong way that you chose. It's just the way that you happen to go down. Exactly. Awesome. And looking at all that, seeing all these changes that you have within the year, I just want to know, like, what is one of your biggest accomplishments that you had this year? Like personal, personally, or personal, just, yeah. professional, whatever it is, like, what's something that you think was like a big accomplishment that you that you had for yourself? I think probably it would be like this product design role because I, I literally pivoted during COVID and, and went from one one career into completely something different, you know, in a basically in that year or less. Right. So yeah, I think that's definitely a big accomplishment. Nice. And people often talk about, I did this, I did that, and it was nice and they accomplished mm -hmm. these things. But one thing I always find is the celebration of that is missed or sometimes missed or is not there. So I'm curious, like what is something that you did to celebrate the fact that you've made this big transition and you got a role within this, this new career path? I'm sure I did something. I forgot. I think, I think. I'm pretty sure I like went out for like again. I, I don't think I went like crazy and went to like the you know stop popping bottles and stuff. <laughs> but I think I was like uh, yeah, like we definitely went out for like a nice dinner and stuff like that, and and just kind of uh, reflecting how I mean for me, COVID was actually a blessing in disguise, right? For I know it's not not the case for everyone, but for me, it was definitely like a, a good. It was like a good reminder that hey, let's just go for it, right? There's really nothing to lose, like you know. Yeah, like I think I just went out for like nice dinner and and just just chilled out <laughs> you know spend more time playing like basketball and stuff yeah. doing stuff i want to do awesome and that's i think that's a great answer and i don't want i didn't want to like put pressure on you to be like oh yeah. did you go and pop bottles like you like you mentioned because yeah, yeah. yeah. what what i what i noticed and what a lot of people neglect is that you don't have to be super overly expressive on how you celebrate like this is perfectly fine to just have a dinner and celebrate the people with you care about and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, I, no, no, you know what? I, I did do something. I bought myself a Mac Mini. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I thought you were going to go back and say, oh, you know what? There was that one bottle that we popped, but it was like at home, <laughs> a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. And no, I mean, probably I needed it for work too. So it was like a, you know. it's like a balance. <laughs> yeah, a little splurge. Got it. Got it. And when you were going through this process and looking to accomplish this goal, like how did you keep yourself on track of, I need to keep working on these skills. I need to keep growing. I need to keep applying for these jobs and these roles. Like how did you keep track of this whole, this whole accomplishment? So I think for me, it was because I had a lot of, um, like I really wanted to pivot. So I was first and foremost, I know that's not everyone's answer, but like I, I knew from the get go when I was in GA that everything I'm doing now ultimately is because I want to get into tech. So even when I was in just like the course, I knew everything I did was going to eventually be presented, you know, in a case study or an interview. So I was already mentally prepared for that. I always, I already knew that, Hey, if I'm working on this case study, it's not just a project. Like I don't see it as just a, like a project. I see it as this is actually the sales material, the presentation, the thing that I'm actually going to be using to speak to someone about and sell it on. Right. So I think 
that definitely really helped because I didn't take it as just like a project. You know, I took it seriously. I, I knew this was going to be something I was going to be using, you know, in the portfolio. Got it. So it was like, this was an actual thing that you're doing as a designer, yeah. not as a student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is a design yeah, yeah. work that I'm producing. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. You know, um, and even after when, when we were out there kind of like playing for jobs and stuff like that, I knew like seize as many opportunities as you can. Right. Cause all you need is one. So just send everything out, just do whatever you can to like get something. Cause, cause whatever you get doesn't matter. It's not important. Cause again, like we said, the baby step, right. The first step is to learn. So it doesn't really matter where it is. So I got lucky. I just ended up here, but it could have been anywhere and I would have been fine with it. Right. Um, it didn't get it caught up in like, Hey, I want to work for this specific company or I want to be like working for Amazon or, and none of that. It was just, my bar was set very low. I just want to go work somewhere and learn. Yeah. Right. Cause it's like that mentality I'm understanding is I'm not a designer that has to be at a big company. It's like, I w I'm a designer and I want to design things now. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Start putting, start doing things so you can learn more. And when you gain credibility and experience, then you can go, you know, work for the company you want to work for or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And within that shift, as you're looking to do these things and building up your skills, was there a point where you're like, okay, I know I said I was a designer. I know I said I wanted to be in product and everything, but I don't know if I want to continue going. Like a moment where you're like, I might. I think I should quit or reevaluate or anything like that. Oh yeah. Great question. For sure. hundred percent. I'm still learning about myself and how I fit into these roles and stuff like that as well. Even, even where I'm at now, like, yeah, for sure. I think about it. Like there's things about my current role that I'm like, well, I def I come from like a sales background. So I, I'm used to dealing with a lot of people. And that's actually something that I, I now realize for sure that I enjoy much more than just staring at a computer screen all day long. Right. So uh, how do I get a balance of that? You know, like, do I, where I can do a bit of design, but also actually be more meetings and, and actually, you know, maybe whether it's in a sales capacity or project management capacity, I've thought about product management or whatnot, but just like, you know, still constantly kind of making, making like, you know, like chiseling that kind of ideal, right? Ideal workday, how will that look like? Cause I, even right now I find that sitting in front of a computer doing design 24 seven all the time, doesn't fit my personality. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I like it, but I need someone traction with actual people. Fair enough. And I understand that completely. And I think you are slightly a victim of circumstance when it comes to that, <laughs> where you're not able to go and do all the cool things that we were seeing in images of, okay, yeah. let's just do yeah, a whiteboarding yeah. exercise just out of the blue. Yeah, with the group, or yeah. Just like get all your sticky notes, everybody get out your markers. We're going to be doing some affinity yeah, mapping yeah. or things like, so I think yeah, yeah. that's a fair, that's a fair thing when it comes to the climate that we're in right now, where it's hard to, right, hard right. to get that interactability that, being in front of a computer prevents us from having. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. But it's like, how are you, how are you like balancing those feelings and overcoming it within your day to day of like, I understand it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I'm, I'm just, I look forward to meetings. <laughs> you know, meetings. I'm like, Hey, I'm looking forward to this meeting. I get to interact with people. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, so yeah, so pretty much that. And just, just, I mean, I, I'm not complaining. Like, you know, I, I'm blessed to be where I am right now. And I, I've 
really it when when all this dies down and we, we, we do go back to the office great we can do all these whiteboard session infinity mapping or whatnot but uh but yeah it, it you know it is what it is yeah right? good luck good luck getting the devs to go back yeah it's a tough <laughs> tough sell <laughs> awesome yeah i think we learned a lot from this segment there's a lot that i'm learning about ux even from what you're talking about and product design and just like really balancing out what we what we find is important in the work we're doing. And I think a point that you mentioned in that last question that was really important is constantly paying attention to the chisel. As you're chiseling down, as you're whittling down and finding more about what you want to do, it's not over just because you said, oh, I found UX. This is great. This is what I really thought of and I really pushed forward. It's like, you're still trying to see like, how accurate is this? What type of engagement do I need outside of just this? That doesn't need me to be like, I need to switch industries completely right away like you did. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, tech is a great place to be too. You know, there's just so many, there's so many different opportunities and it's always changing. And, you know, just like UX is changing, right? Like it's still, a lot of things are up in the air and people don't, there's lots of companies that don't even understand what it is. And so it's, it's great to be in that kind of environment where, you know, you can kind of make way and make, make a role for yourself. Yeah. I think a lot of opportunity and I'm looking forward to seeing all that you're going to be doing in your career. It's, it's great to see somebody that is starting so fresh in UX and also is just open to the idea of we need to collaborate more. We need to do more because it's very easy to get lost in the sauce of, I'm the expert. I do design. I learned these skills. Yeah, and yeah, it's like, yeah. it's good to see that the future is bright for UX even still. <laughs> I think so. I think the future is bright. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So this is probably one of my favorite segments within the podcast now. I think this is where we get the, a lot of nuggets of information and ideas packed in a short time period. I call it the rapid fire segment. So Cool. What I'm going to do is going to ask you a bunch of questions. And these are things that people could take use as takeaways as long as, as well as a discussion to start seeing how they can mm-hmm. apply within their own life. Cool. So what is one attribute that has contributed to your success slash growth? I think communication slash like public speaking, if you will, or just being able to present and, and communicate. Awesome. And who has been a great inspiration for you? Um. Great question. I think, honestly, I, I, there's a lot of people that inspire me. Um, people like Tony Robbins. Like, I don't know. I'll, I'll just name, I'll just name drop one person. Yeah. People like him and, uh, yeah, gets me really fired up. Awesome. Tony, this is the second time. Yeah. Now just might need to be sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Who has been your biggest cheerleader for your success? I would say like, like my friends, my girlfriend, uh, you know, uh, people around me, like my cohorts from GA, they were all very, very supportive. Awesome. And just overall, I know we touched on it a bit before, but how do you generally celebrate your wins? Um, with food. <laughs> <laughs> What's one lie you had to stop telling yourself? Good one. Um, that I've, you know, got it all figured out or I need to be like the best in order to get something, right? Like I could just be a work in progress and and uh, and like don't listen to that, like that negative self-talk and, and whatnot, right? What is a hobby that you do outside of work that keeps you grounded? Oh, that's easy. Basketball. <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever received? Very cliche, but like follow your intuition. If you had 60 seconds with yourself when you just came out of high school, 
what advice would you give him? Uh, same thing. Follow your heart. Follow your intuition. You know, you kind of already know what you want. Don't overthink it. And what is one book that you'd recommend the listeners to read? Not design related, but uh, it was a very good book. I think in general, um, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Great. Yeah. What's one piece of parting advice that you have for the listeners? I really think that, you know, uh, it's got to be like encouraging, kind to yourself. Certain things, you know, could could be very difficult, it seems, or, you know, whatnot. And you think other people have it all together, but it's not true. And you just got to follow your journey and your path and don't compare yourself to other people, you know, just like do your thing. Awesome. And yeah. how can the listeners best reach out to you? You can you can follow me on like Instagram. Um, yeah, my handle is Tshi One, so that's T S H I four eyes I I I I at one at uh, yeah Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> at Instagram, did it go from Instagram to Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> got it, got it. So that's T S H I I I one, and it's the number one. Yeah, number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Tan. I really thought this was a fruitful conversation for myself. I know the listeners are going to find things that they could start applying to their self and looking at it. I'm so happy to have you on the panel today and really appreciate you coming. Thank you so much for having me. Really, it was a, it was a great talk. Awesome. Listeners, you heard it here from Tian. Start applying some of these things for your life and we'll catch y'all in the next one. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of Breaking the Imposter. To stay up to date when episodes are released or to become a guest on the podcast, you can visit our website at www.breakingtheimposter.com. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so we can make sure the imposter stays broken.